Welcome to the podcast. This is Coach Sarah Lacey of Nourish and Nurture. I show frazzled emotional eaters how they can lose fat, gain a ton of energy, regain body confidence and find actionable ways to take care of themselves. I can support you to de-stress your way to lasting weight loss without the need to ban your favourite foods, avoid holidays or nights out, nor do you have to do endless hours of cardio in the gym, unless you want to. I teach you how to master macros, mood and mindset so that you can enjoy lasting, sustainable weight loss by attending to easily actionable mood and mindset hacks that I have acquired across my 18 years as a psychological coach. Check out what I do and the results I get by popping over to www.nourishandnurture and check out the details of the upcoming intake of my Food and Mood Freedom Academy at www.emotionalregulationcoaching.com. Now let's jump into today's podcast. Hi everyone, this is Coach Sarah here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode focuses on emotional regulation and how we need to use it for both wellness and well-being, but also our weight loss and fat loss goals. Um, I find that with clients, it is the absolute game changer whenever clients begin to attend to their stress levels and their mood management. That's whenever emotional uh, eating would reduce and other forms of self-sabotage tend to diminish greatly. So today I'm going to talk about what emotional regulation actually means and how to do it, and how you can incorporate it into your life a bit more readily. So imagine you have a box of crayons, and each crayon represents a feeling, like happiness, sadness, anxiety, anger, excitement. Well, emotional regulation helps you to know how and when to use the right crayon, basically. It's a really simplistic way of describing it. We also need to think about how emotional regulation helps us and the costs to us if we don't attend to it, which emotional regulation is basically our managing our mood, our thoughts and our behaviours, but so much more. Emotional regulation can help us feel more balanced and in control of emotional reactions so we can feel more empowered to make better responses and respond in a way we'd, we'd like to. Um, then we can stay calm if we're emotionally regulated during challenging situations. We can better manage stress. We can protect important connections to us. We can actively listen to other people's needs, whereas if we are dysregulated, we will be in defensive mode and it's very difficult to listen to someone else whenever we are trying to assert our feelings and our needs in, in an argument or in a, in a conversation that can lead to an argument. Emotional regulation then also helps us to express our needs in constructive, assertive ways and perhaps remain professional in work situations and and to help us not to take things too personally. So the definition of self-regulation is that it involves the skill of recognising and appropriately managing our emotions. So this means being able to handle both pleasant and challenging emotions effectively. So, for example, staying calm under pressure or not acting or reacting impulsively when you're angry or anxious. It also involves impulse control. So the ability to resist impulsive actions and reactions Individuals with strong self-regulation skills can think before acting, make thoughtful decisions and avoid behaviours that may lead to unhelpful consequences. So in terms of weight loss or fat loss, in terms of our impulse control in the context of a craving. So if we're 
willing and able to notice the impulse to act on a craving and maybe take that step back, take a breath, pause between what has triggered the craving and actually reacting or acting on it. That's impulse control. That's an example of, you know, when you when you maybe don't eat the entire packet of biscuits, but you've eaten maybe four or five biscuits. And whilst that might not feel good for you, um, you've stopped yourself from eating the entire packet. That's one example. Stress management. So self-regulation encompasses strategies for coping with stress and anxiety. Techniques like deep breathing, mindfulness and problem solving can help individuals regulate their stress levels and maintain that emotional balance. In fact, tears contain cortisol and natural painkillers. So when we are crying, we are actually de-stressing and we are helping um, to calm the nervous system through our own physiology. The, the body is that clever and we need to uh, listen to our body and, and sometimes there are no words so we just need to cry we are overwhelmed to the point where we need to cry um equally uh laughter tears of laughter um is another reason why uh, we can feel more relaxed and in a better mood after having a giggle with a friend for instance Another way emotional regulation and managing our emotions, our thoughts, our behaviours can be beneficial is that it helps with self-discipline. It relates to um, how we set and achieve goals and building that growth mindset. So people with strong self-regulation skills can delay gratification, stay focused on long-term objectives and goals and work persistently towards those goals, which is the key for lasting behaviour change. It's also really helpful for conflict resolution. So when we can regulate our emotions, we have the mental clarity and are more receptive to someone else's view or new information or opinions. Whereas if we are irritated, our fight flight system is activated and we become closed minded and defensive, which stops you from being assertive. And uh, just three tips for being assertive. There's like a three stage process and you don't have to go through each stage necessarily in one situation you find yourself in. but these can be helpful tips to remember. So when you're trying to be assertive, the first place to start is to show empathy to the person you're speaking to and say, for instance, I know that you feel upset, dot, dot, dot. Uh, then you would state your feelings. That's the second point to the second tip. So you might say, I feel like there has been a miscommunication in our messages or in our conversations and you're hearing X, but I'm really saying Y. And then the third tip would be to find a compromise and express that by saying I want to move forward how can we meet in the middle like how can we move forward where you step out of side of your sense of being right in this situation and I step out of my sense of being right and we meet somewhere in the middle and of course that will not happen in one conversation it might never happen but those can be some tips and really empathy can diffuse a lot of distress and anger and upset um very quickly but you you kind of have to mean it. There's no point in kind of pretending because your physiology will give you away. Your nonverbals will give you away if you don't really mean it. And also even your tone and pitch and pace of your voice. Um, so you might be saying something quite empathic to someone, but if you don't really mean it, your um your diction and your your speech might be speeded up, for instance, because you're really underneath the empathy. You're you're still a bit annoyed with this person. So this is where sometimes our own timeouts are quite helpful. And then we come back to a conversation once we are feeling calmer and more rational.
So one way to learn how to regulate your emotions is to build your own self-soothe kit. And I get my clients to do this as well. So the science behind this is that you have a sympathetic nervous system, which gets activated when you're under stress and motivates you to seek safety or seek uh, status quo, to seek um, comfort, I guess. When we're feeling safe, our parasympathetic nervous system is in charge and allows us to be mindful, curious, open-minded. We can regulate our mood. We can regulate appetite control much better. Whereas people under chronic stress responses, like what through maybe chronic illness, pain, um, anxiety, will be more likely to be in the sympathetic nervous system state. So the stress response is constantly activated. Now, why is this important? Well, when we're in this stressed state constantly or just too often, and our, our body and our brain doesn't have time to kind of come back to the status quo and the equilibrium, our bodies can become really fatigued and often people will develop illnesses like chronic pain or autoimmune conditions if it's long term, stress is long term. But even things like your immune system can be suppressed with too much stress, as we both know or as we all know. So how do we build a self-soothe kit? Well, we use the senses. So if you're listening to this, grab a pen and paper and just think about the things that you can see. Uh, that help you or when you look at it it helps you to feel grounded calmer so for instance looking at nature like you know a, a tree uh, looking at the ocean if you're at the beach um, admiring the flowers in your garden it might be going to a museum or a gallery to look at some nice artwork it might be watching your pet or um, looking at a sunrise or sunset it might be the color of like your favorite color of clothing or your favorite item of jewelry. It can really be anything that you see. It could be a photograph from a, a previous holiday, for instance, that brings back really nice memories. Anything at all. It could be something you watch on TV, as I say, as well. So that would be how you would use your sense of sight. Next, we think about signs. So think about what your favorite signs are. Think about things like listening to the sound of the ocean, birds singing, or just nature sounds. Listening to the rain um, belting on the belting down on the window as you're nice and cozy in your living room with the fire on, that sort of thing. Listening to music, listening to meditations or audiobooks. Um, it could be literally anything at all that you feel activates your parasympathetic nervous system and helps you to de-stress slightly. And then we move on to our sense of touch. So feeling the sun on your skin, the, 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 the breeze on your face as you go for a walk, moving your body in some way um, through, say, yoga, stretching, running, weightlifting, whatever it might be. Feeling a soft, warm blanket. It might be your skincare routine or a relaxing bath, um, getting a massage or a head rub or squeezing stress balls or cuddling a plush toy. And our smell, so that is our stress busting superpower, especially as women. We have a, a more intense sense of smell than most men. And it's important to kind of utilize that whenever it comes to both mid middle age and you know perimenopause into the menopause transition, but just generally as women, we um, do an awful lot in our lives. We provide for our families, for ourselves. We have many multiple roles to juggle and it's extremely difficult, which is why it's even more important that we build in self-care and a self-soothe kit. 
and your sense of smell is linked to is the only sense actually that's linked to your limbic system which is the part of the brain that processes emotions so we can better process emotions if we can activate our sense of smell all the while we can use the other senses as well to create an overall de-stressing of the stress response so sense of smell could be having a, a what i call with my clients a power perfume so where you feel really empowered you feel like you know wonder woman whenever you put on a certain perfume you feel really confident it could be um just burning a scented candle or some incense or diffusers you can use those uh, a smell smell of food is another one of course smell of flowers or essential oils or even the smell and the feel actually as well of clean bed sheets or putting on a freshly um freshly pressed and ironed piece of clothing because that has a smell if you use fabric softener or when you're there's a there's a post iron smell that that um I quite like from from clothes sometimes but that's just um that just pertains to to my uh, preferences so that's something else to think about and then your sense of taste of course so eating your favorite meal a snack or a treat that you like warm tea or coffee and you know as any mum would know and any person who is a carer for another member of the family or a spouse or for uh, children or an elderly parent, that sometimes we don't get to finish that cup of tea or coffee while it's still hot. So just having a warm cup of tea or coffee can be really lovely and can feel nice and comforting. And then eating mindfully, of course, as well. So take notice of which sense appeals to you more. It's common to have a sense that is more dominant uh, and a sense that is least dominant, but it'll give you an idea of what soothing behaviours that you're naturally drawn to and that you can build into your own self-soothe kit. Another aspect of emotional regulation, stress management, is practising not just gratitude, but appreciation. And there's a slight difference. When we think about what we're grateful for, gratitude, if you think about it, makes you go into your head, away from the body. It makes you think, oh gosh, you know, you start thinking. So you're you're all up in your head thinking, what am I grateful for? Uh, oh yeah, A, B and C, whatever it might be. Um, whereas when we feel appreciation alongside gratitude, it, it's a whole body experience because we tend to feel appreciation in our bodies. It's a more body-oriented uh, emotion and experience. So today, as you listen to this, I would invite you to identify one thing you feel grateful for, that you appreciate. Notice what emotions are coming up. Where do you feel them in the body? And just stay with that for, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. Just really kind of embody that experience. Now, doing this is a form of, it's like a little neurohack um, that's uh, linked to a system that was devised by Rick Hansen, who's a neuroscientist. And basically, you're trying to develop new neural pathways by noting something you appreciate, a place, person, thing, experience, but you're feeling it in your body. And that helps you to kind of hold on to that before your mind might take over with a negative thought. So it can be a very powerful strategy for not just knowing what is positive in your life, but really feeling it. So this is where gratitude and appreciation need to go hand in hand. Hope this has been helpful and I'd love to hear any questions or comments. Please drop them below this episode and I'll catch you in the next episode. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. 
If you'd like to hear a specific topic featured in future episodes relating to fat loss or mental health, leave a comment below. If you're interested in a new approach to weight loss, a way to de-stress your way to weight loss and have lasting results by having access to a mental health specialist of 18 years and an award-winning nutrition coach at your disposal, do message me on Instagram at nourishandnurture or email me at nourishandnurtureni at gmail.com or you can message me on WhatsApp. I'll catch you in the next episode.